0: ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Tonight in our segments, we will be discussing Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, building the Mount Rushmore of YouTubers, and beginning our discussions on the church. What?
1: just sounded weird.
0: Oh, okay. The
1: Mount more of YouTubers. Of
0: YouTubers, because, okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Apparently, I'm a defensive tonight. <laughs> um, I, was, I was living in the future last week because I thought it was May 3rd. Today is actually May 3rd. Uh, I am Molly Kingston, your producer and four chair panelist. Joining me in first chair is Pastor Ben Kingston. Dad, what gets you motivated?
2: In the springtime, chickens. <laughs> chicken. I like Chicken.
0: Very good. And the second chair is Dr. Gavin Hooks. What gets you motivated?
1: Mainly coffee. <laughs> but other than that, uh, <laughs> that, that happens on its own. <laughs> I don't take naps anymore; they take me. Amen. Uh, so in springtime, the I guess the interest of time off doing something right. new.
2: Right.
0: Right, okay, very good. And last but not least is our third chair panelist, Ryan Mayberry. What gets you motivated?
3: Some kind of goal. I, I mean, it's really a really simple answer, but if you've, you have, have yeah. a goal in mind, you have something to work towards, then yeah. you know what you have to do to get there, and it motivates you to at least get that amount done.
0: Very good. Uh, I realized that my answer from last week is the same as this week, which was coffee, is what gets me motivated. Or I said negative consequences. Mm. Yeah. money
2: <laughs> so ryan when you mow a really really big field do you cut it in smaller portions or do you just go in a big that's the circle? way i sweep
3: the kitchen it's been a while since i've so you do mowed it in sections yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I d- yeah i do too that yeah. does work it does you know? it's easier because then you know it, it just
2: depresses if you try to do the whole thing and it you're it just te-
3: bound to leave some if you try to sweep the whole pile all right way across the floor
2: right okay sorry
0: Interesting. Okay, so if you would like to answer this question, for those of you in the audience, you can text the number on the screen and I'll share them if I can throughout the show. This also applies to any other questions or topics of discussions we broach. As always, if you listen online later, please comment your answer on the post or wherever you listen and then share so that others can join in on the fun. So our first segment tonight, again, is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Children.
2: Children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With good, well-doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, do the same things unto them forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven Neither is their respective persons with him. Now, the pauses was where I, because in my notes here, I've put my notes also, and I was trying not to read that as scripture, because that would be blasphemy. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, starting here at verse number one, or, uh, yeah, uh, is it one? One through ten? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Six, yep, one. six, one through nine. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Uh, I basically just put here, do what they say, when they say, how they say, do it. Do it with joy. Now, that's easy to say as a 57-year-old adult when I was a kid that was like, no.
0: Right. (laughs) This is America, bro. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah,
2: right. Uh, Children's Bill of Rights, right? As a Uh, child, why? Why? That's that's, right. Why? Why? Um, And, and, you know, the the two older ones here, uh, Gavin and I, we were raised in the day that you still asked the question, but the answer was always because I said so. I said you know? so yeah. And, you know, the first few years of your life, <laughs> that was the answer as well, because that's all I knew. As things went along, I never appreciated that answer. <laughs> and even though I'm not going to sit here and say that that still wasn't biblically accurate, because they have the authority mm. to, if you will, make the decisions in your life up to a certain point type thing. I do believe that what does it hurt a parental adult to set the child down and consistently and lovingly explain that this is the motivation, this is the reason why. Right, this is because the scriptural reason why you should do what I ask you to do, so on and so forth.
0: Even though they have the authority to give you directions, they also have the responsibility to teach you.
2: Yeah, well, because you get to verse 4 provoke not.
0: Right.
3: Or even yeah. in this verse, it's got the qualifier, obey your parents in the Lord. I mean, Correct. If, if they're in the right, obviously. And as a child, you're not always going to be able to weigh that out. But if right. there's a glaring uh, rebellion against Scripture and what they tell you to do, that I think you're... Correct.
2: Sure. I, I I think there's room for argument there, if you will, that this may be similar to the passage that previously in chapter 5 where both the husband and the wife are admonished to do the right thing for the Lord's sake, because I, I don't believe that God intends only for Christian children to obey Christian parents. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's so, fair, right? Uh, but 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 I but I'm not going to sit here and say that. that I see that, your point. That, though. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. And, and so I absolutely because there is scripture though backing what you're saying that if you're parents are asking you to do something that is illegal, immoral, uh, or unscriptural, absolutely. You know, that's a bad deal, you know. Uh, And that's a tough thing. And and, and in our, you know, 2023, you could argue there's more parents that struggle with that than parents that are trying to raise their children in the nurture and admonition
1: of the Lord. Being obedient to and and respectful to non-Christian, unfair, unjust parents is a very powerful, persuasive approach to your parents and if you want them to come to know the lord or to persuade them to a christian lifestyle they may have uh, a nominal uh, affiliation with the lord but they don't live it obviously it's very powerful and persuasive for you to live under this uh, this guidance for how to how to interact with them is to do what they say and any, any parent with a, with a conscience is going to respond to that. Right. You, you ask your child who believes in Christ and believes that something may be wrong <laughs> or shady, and you ask them to, to participate, and it, it's going to have a, an effect on them. You bet.
2: When you, For me, this boils down to there's only one person that we can control, and that is ourselves. And it is right for us to do the right thing all the time. It's always the right time to do the right thing. And so the scripture is putting, if you will, I, I like the word onus. It's putting this onus on the child: obey your parents. And uh, now the parents, absolutely, because there's more verses towards them than there is towards the children. The parents are to do things in the right way. The parents are to love their children. The parents are to sacrificially give give up for their parents, and, and they do. Uh, again, in, in you know ninety percent of the cases, w- one of the things that was eye opening for the first youth group that I did here at Bethel, uh, because it was eye opening to me. It, that was the first time I would ever lived on my own, and so you know three months to a year into it, um, I, I realized that I had never said thank you to my parents for all of the electric bills that they had paid all of the gas bills they had paid all of the transportation that they had done all of the clothes all of the food i mean you just keep going and most children even though they may give lip service to it they don't really have a clue as to what is going into their survival you know Mm -hmm. how why are they clothed why are they well fed because their parents have done this for them Well, once the child wakes up to that, you know, hopefully that brings gratitude and and thankfulness. But even before that, God is saying, you should obey your parent. It is the right thing to do. And certainly in our day and age, I I think our kids here do an excellent job. But out in the world, I mean, you know, it's scoffed at.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, in schools, you can... Really tell, And someone texted in that um, the main point is to let them learn to respect authority. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely a, a point of it because it does reflect, like I said, in school. Like you can tell whose children are respectful and obey at home and whose don't. Right.
2: Well, because the, the, the children that are being raised right, they're not as worried about what the parent or the principal says. They're worried about what's going to happen when they get home.
0: Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. You
2: know, because if they've been parented correctly, most likely they've been told, you get in trouble at school, you're in trouble at home. Because, yes, authority is to be respected uh, just because it's authority. That's a tough pill to swallow.
0: Mm. But it's not without, like it says, it's promise. Yeah. And the commandment says that you will be given a long life. And when we were talking about the Mount Rushmore of commandments last week, I just kind of thought it's not... It's, I don't think it's some supernatural thing in that if you obey your parents, the Lord will give you an unnaturally long Co- life correct. as the died in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, it's more...
1: <laughs> well, she thought through that,
0: didn't she? <laughs> it's more of they will teach you how to live effectively and right. safely. It will result
1: in a long life.
0: Right, and so then you will I, live longer because it, you're... Yeah.
2: It, again, I do believe, maybe, maybe we'll stop at short of supernatural promise, But I I do believe that that there is that added zing to it that God is saying, I'm going to make sure of it, you know, type deal. And, again, generally, you know, I won't say the name, but I I know a beautiful, wonderful young lady that died at age 19. She was very obedient to her parents. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's exceptions to every rule. Uh, But generally, and, you know, I like to joke with the 90 and, you know, well, Ivan's age. uh, I like to joke with them that they must have really obeyed their parents. Ivan, did you obey your parents? hundred
1: percent. First of all, he heard me.
2: (laughs) And secondly, he understood. I'm so proud of you, Ivan. Uh, A joke I was going to do uh, towards Molly here. You know, the first commandment with promise, uh, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. Molly is going to live long. Benjamin and Tony, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Just a joke. Just a joke.
0: But it's true. Uh,
2: You're right. So, uh, I... What are some ways that our young people
1: can honor their mother and father? Just do what they ask there you go
2: that, that is honoring, isn't it?: It
1: is, and it's also an expression of love. I'm still stuck on this if you If you want to love someone, find out what the rules are for loving them mm-hmm. and obey those rules. Right. Your parents are pretty uh, pretty direct in the rules that they put out there, if you obey them, it's an expression of love as well as respect. So, uh, obedience is the detail of loving.
0: I think, too, when you're out in the world, like, like when a child is at school and not at home, when you emulate what your parents have taught you in the outside world, that is very honoring to your parents as well. So,
2: you know, we used to do something here, and I think Brad has done it a time or two, um, and you, you couldn't get away with this in our day but we would have a student sale we called it something else and so you would come and you would bid on those students and you would take them home and you'd work them like a dog for the day and you'd give that money to the youth group it was a fundraiser
0: yeah
2: inevitably the kids would go to a house and they would work their tail off they'd come back and then the fellow or the lady that rented them would say oh my goodness you've raised an amazing child and the parent just stands there and looks at him, like Who are did you, you talking have? about the same child <laughs> you got them to work yeah. which <laughs> caleb do you yes. Have? yes so but what you just said when they when they go out they may give mom and dad heck <laughs> but when they go out they do what they've been trained and, and taught to do uh it, it, it's just a principle you know uh um, Children that have been raised right are usually going to do better for the next group than they maybe did for mom and dad. But that means that they caught it. That means that they got it. And and praise God for that. Amen. I can remember the first time uh, calling my mom and dad. I was about 24 years old, and I just almost cried on the phone apologizing. You know, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, Because I was now raising, if you will, in quotation, kids and thinking, I'm surprised I survived. You know, I'm surprised I made it. So uh, this is, if you will, my um, editorial additions to that part, to revere, to respect, to treat with deference and submission and perform relative duties to. That's what Webster 1828 means for the word honor. Uh, So then we get to verse 4, and you fathers, and I think this includes moms, Moms and dads, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We're human. We're sinners. We are going to provoke our children to wrath. The key is to do it as less as possible, to do it as little as possible, and be quick to apologize, be quick to ask say I'm sorry, ask yeah. forgiveness, the whole nine yards. Uh, my kids were small when I heard someone on the radio say the most Powerful words you can say to your child is, "I'm sorry, I was wrong," because it brings authenticity. Because they know, they oh, know yeah. you're wrong, and they know that you should be saying. Because you make them say mm. when they hit their brother or sister. Right. You tell them you're sorry, you know. Uh, and my parents uh, made us mean it. <laughs> we, we couldn't <laughs> it just say sorry. It. No, right. we had to. We had to be passionate. I mean, we learned how to act. <laughs> I was Tom Cruise before Tom was Tom Cruise. But nonetheless, um, fi- uh, so, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, y'all heard my Mother's Day sermons. Uh, we go to the Webster Dictionary again on nurture and admonition. And so uh, the nurture, of course, is, is nursing. You're going to nurse that child. You're going to spoon feed that child the things that they need in the Lord but then the admonition is a loving warning. You're going to warn them. You know, it's like when they raise their hand to the hot plate. You're going to scream, hot, and they pull their arm down. That's a loving admonition. Comments?
0: Uh, I had a person text in saying, government trivia says church-going people live longer than people that don't go by the same percentage of smokers to non-smokers. Wow. So what if I'm a so go to Christian? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she I'm looking the for there, don't you? In the middle. All
1: right, you lose the advantage. I'm messing. Uh,
2: all right, so uh, that's good. <coughs> that that was that. All these texts are awesome. Thank you. Service. Now I want to tell you, and and you know we could spend the whole hour on this whole children obey your parents and fathers provoke not your children wrath
0: talking out the segment.
2: Okay. Well, then we don't have time to, no, to, to develop this. But, but let me just say this. This next passage right. is amazing. And I'm going to sum it up, and you guys feel free to weigh in. He's telling the servants he's, he is not, what would the word be? He is not commending slavery. That this has been a knock against the Bible from the world. You see, God's for slavery, You so why would you serve a God like that? Mm. Well, number one, you serve a God like that because he created you, period, end of story. But that is a misunderstanding. God does not commend slavery. He doesn't want slavery. He is recognizing that this is a fallen world and there will be slaves. And when there are slaves, if they are Christian, he wants them to be the best Christian slave that they can be. And that will win them favor with their master. And then in the turn, he says, and oh, by the way, master, your master is up in heaven. Notice that word, forbear threatening. That actually means do not do it. Mm. Do Threatening is forbidden. You cannot threaten your slave.
0: Well, in everything he told the servants to do, he says... To the masters, do the same things that's right. not to them. That, that, to them,
1: that's right. This yeah. is uh, another demonstration of the the triangle, the yeah. the God's right. principle. You you need to put everybody in that triangle. You yourself, whoever else, and God, all are in that in that tri- triangle. It should be your your master. You should be able to put your master in that triangle. You should put be able to put your slave in that in that sure. triangle. You need to love them in order to love God. It's it, it says it. it. If you if you obey your masters, do it as you're doing it to Christ. He's even saying it in Matthew 25 when he when he separates the sheep and the goats, and he says, "How, how the, the mm-hmm. sheep say, 'How Lord did we serve you? How, how Lord you did this when you brought food to the sick, you went to visit the prisoners, you clothed the naked, you did all this to me when you did it to them.' So mm-hmm. when you serve your master like you're serving Christ, you're serving Christ. Amen.
3: And also, this is kind of uh, I've been heightened my senses have been heightened to it because of our Sunday school study in Genesis he likes to point out the contrast between what the bible says that seems just normal to us cuz you know right. part of genesis to what the uh the rest of the world at that time was practicing and right. i feel like this does that really well too you can't use it as a verse to prove that God condones slavery. It really does the opposite. It says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. So it gives value to a slave in a time when slaves had no value.
2: In fact, equal value. Right. Mm-hmm. Bond or free, eyes. you are equal in my sight.
1: This is also written in a time when there wasn't welfare, there wasn't wick, there was nothing else. When you are desperate and destitute, the offer of slavery what was, was relief. That's right at yeah. that point. That's right. Just saying. Be- I'm not justifying slavery. No, no. I'm just saying. No.
0: You're
2: uh-huh. recognizing the reality again of a fallen world. Mm. You know,
1: there were no social networks back That's then. That's right. Safety nets.
0: All right. Very good. So that was Ephesians six one through nine. Um, oh, sorry. I just got text. I'll read it before we move on. Sure. In most of the Bible, it talks mostly of a seven year. Of seven years served for things. The year of the jubilee. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. But but that was specific to Israel. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know the right. other countries didn't go back. Didn't that.
0: follow that. All right. So our Mount Rushmore of this week is YouTubers. So the reason why I thought of this, and next week is going to be a podcast, is because we are coming to the end of BRH for this year, and so for the summer, if you need some suggestions on who to watch and listen to, I was going to see what we were going to suggest.
1: Very good
2: would have been nice to know that before right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I,
3: when I started to think of my options for this one, it was a little difficult because a lot of the people I watch on YouTube aren't YouTubers sure. exclusively. Yeah, they, they do things and it, it just happens to be on YouTube. Sh- sure. right. So I had to go right. through and find some that their living is made on YouTube specifically. Right. And most of them nobody's going to recognize because they're hobby things. But Ryu Car is the name of one of them. He plays Mario games and stuff. John's Arcade, he's like the pinnacle. If you restore arcade machines, everyone knows who this guy is. Cool. cool. Uh, Metal Jesus Rocks is another video game channel. As a dumb name, but he has good content. <laughs>
2: Metal <Middle laughs> Jesus Rocks.
3: And then uh, Hickok45 is another one. He does a lot of gun videos and reviews okay. and stuff. So it's a, it's a lot of random stuff yeah. most people are not going to care about. Yeah. But those well, are I mean, there's going to yeah, be a few su- out there that's surprised. like, I really want to watch Mario yeah. gaming. No,
0: yeah. yeah. oh, That's perfect. This is why I don't explain it because I want you guys to also bring your own flavor to it. So like, just live with it, okay? Uncle Gavin, what's your malfresh point?
1: Well, uh, same uh, disclaimer with uh, that Ryan just gave. This is not a, a YouTuber by living, but he, I found him on YouTube and listened to him on YouTube frequently. Jordan Peterson hmm. on any different, yes. any topic, many yes. different topics. You Excellent can hear. content. Very, very good content. Very good references. I always look for somebody's got references and can. So here's the question about
2: him. Is he a born again Christian? He I'm has, pretty sure he is. I believe he so. He yeah. has
0: not, as far as I know, proclaimed it. But he is getting closer and closer and closer to, to that point. He's basically said it. He just
3: hasn't put right. it in those words. Right. right. Well, I
0: mean, he's a clinical, so he wants to be a little. And that wasn't about. a question
1: out of doubt.
0: No, no. it
2: was no. a question out of. I'm, I'm, I honestly wanted to know.
1: And I, I, I had that concern. I've had that concern. I still have that concern too to a smaller and smaller degree because he's moving closer and closer. Right. But I, I had a concern that somebody who was not a Christian that did, didn't have a relationship with Christ was explaining scriptural things. Yeah. I, I went to one of his, his uh, talks here in St. Louis mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Clay Bannerman, and a bunch of the guys went, and it was profound. His, his analysis of the cross, and he did the comparison of the, the brass serpent and the cross mm. being lifted up, mm. and Christ drawing all people to him. I mean, it was profound. And it things was I've never thought about yeah. uh, with the cross. So uh, he can't and be doing that. So oh. of his Something
0: honest. he said about that is talk about stories with power and how false ideologies will take stories with power and make it their own. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot of false religions take a lot from the Bible. Right. And incorporate into their own yeah. because they're stories of power. A, a
1: little, little bit of flavoring of truth right. and mm-hmm. then a big helping of lie. Yeah. So
2: a, a shout-out to our Awana ministry, and, and I'm not talking about Bethel's. So I'm talking about Awana itself. The book, uh, I think Ava's in Sparks, mm-hmm. it has that story of the serpent. If I be lifted yeah. up, you yeah. know. Well, so when she's memorizing the verse, she wants to know, why was there a serpent being risen up? <laughs> well, we shared the gospel with her. You know that's that's what it's about. That's yeah. how it works. And the next morning on the ride to the church, we're talking about the serpent. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the such. So yeah. I, I love that story.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so that was number four. Number three, <clears throat> I had a tie for number three. Answers in Genesis versus Discovery Science. If you haven't, uh, if you're not uh, familiar with Discovery Science, it's uh, Stephen Myers' group, and he, he has a a large group of contributors to that channel so discovery science um and there's a large um, array of topics that they cover uh with regard to intelligent de- design um the the fact that there has to be a creator or there has to be a designer of life um so number that's number three number two matt christensen uh he's a Secular guy. Uh, he has Jedi level sarcasm skills. <laughs> so I, I just can't not watch him. Uh, so he's a super super sarc- sarcastic guy, but in a, in, an inside, in an insightful way. And then number one Frank Turk, again, he's not making his living on YouTube, but that's where I found him and that's where I watch him.
2: Okay, so uh, number four would be uh, McGee Homestead Adventures. Uh, this fella is from Tennessee. And he's redneck of all rednecks. Uh, his family, his his women in the family are they're following the Amish lifestyle, but he is not. But he is a very strong Christian, and the family it, it's just really really good stuff. Uh, Josh Pate would be number three, twenty four seven sports. Uh, Josh is a huge SEC fan, so you can imagine. Uh, number two, now I have r- ran across this in the last three to six months. This guy has the best voice I have heard on radio. It's called Wretched, and his name is Todd, mm-hmm. and he gives commentary on liberal stuff, you know, and he he brings the word of God to bear on those things. You you would listen to it just for his voice, but he has five hundred something thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he, I mean, it's good stuff. Lastly, uh, number one, just a few acres farm. Uh, I really, really enjoy that homesteading YouTube.
0: Awesome. Uh, some of my faces on my Mount Rushmore has multiple heads. So. <laughs> Yikes. They're monsters. <laughs> yes.
2: Medusa. The Medusa of Mount Rushmore. Yeah,
0: so the fourth one, um, I had Angry Cops slash Brett Cooper. Uh they're not quite the same, but they're both a lot of um, political commentary, and so I enjoy both of them. Um, one is a little bit more crass than the other, so just be warned. And then uh, the next one is Ben Shapiro slash Crowder, which I understand that there's been some things happening. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say I support everything that they say and do, but I do appreciate the views that they bring to the table. Um and then, if you are a gamer person, Daz Black and Markiplier, I like their videos. And then, if you like comedy, um, Brandon Ferris, who, he's he does ridiculous things. So it's not like a, a like, it's not a stand-up comedy, but it's like him doing stupid things. It, yeah. It's YouTube. It, comedy. <laughs> it is YouTube comedy. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: it's you know, comedy uh, created for YouTube. Yeah. I'd say the same thing about Nate Bargatze. He, he's really. Did you know he's coming to St. Louis? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, coming
2: In October. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We have to get some tickets. Yeah. I was yeah. <laughs> like, just plan the date night. Date night. Well, <laughs> with
1: our clean, wives, I mean, <laughs> clean comedy will have you in stitches.
0: He's he
2: clean. is and <coughs> the straightest faced guy. Yep. Self deprecating, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> funny stuff.
0: All right, beautiful. All right, so we're moving on to the mystery topic. We don't have much time on the mystery topic, but we'll see <gasps> what we can do. Let's spin the wheel. Oh, look. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Ah! After saying that you never yes. win the wheel. Yes, it's God's will. All
2: right, so we may have to adjust the time because we're going to take time. for the That's Uh-oh. fine. We can uh, skip the break. But we're all involved. And Uh-oh. audience, you're involved as well. What an audience tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What can we do to expand the audience of BRH? This is the mystery topic. Food. <laughs>
0: Holler. Okay, okay. We're, okay well now we can proceed. We're done. <laughs> That's it. I, I agree, just Gavin. Uh,
2: so I'm going to assign a topic to each of you and ask you to, uh, just off the top of your head, but I'm going to go first to give you a little bit of time. I want you to give me three things under that topic that we can do to expand the audience of um, BRH. Uh, what's your name, Gavin? Gavin? I'm going to mm-hmm. give you the topic of prayer. What's three things okay. we can pray for to expand the audience? I'm going to give you public relations. I'm going to give you promotional materials, and I'm going to take listener challenge. So, listeners, the uh, challenge that I have for you, and you're probably already doing it, so thank you, thank you, thank you, is, you know, in these next months and leading up to next year, just broach the subject. If, If podcasts come up, if YouTube stuff comes up, just ask the question, are you aware, were you aware that we have a podcast at Bethel Baptist Church? It is our Wednesday night Bible study, and you can access it on com. I mean, that's as simple as it is type deal. Number two, uh, I'm hoping to get, this kind of gets under uh, Molly's purview, but business cards that, that we can hand out uh, and such. So as, go
0: ahead. That's so the 90s.
2: Yeah, well, but you're going to have your opportunity. I know to get us in 2023. But, but you
0: t- talked about my thing, so I felt like I could yeah. <laughs> better.
2: <laughs> A- amen. Um, and then also, you're probably again already doing it, but I would encourage you to re-listen. And if something catches, you know, your idea of someone else, recommend that particular episode to them. I talked with someone excuse me, last night and they listened to last week's uh, podcast and it spurred something that we were actually talking and dealing with right at that moment. So I, I know that God is using this uh, program. I know that this is something that is beneficial to the church. We just have to help it in my humble opinion. Who wants to go next?
1: Your three things. You gave me mine first. so.
2: All right, Gavin, go for it.
1: Uh, so... Things that we can pray for, I think primarily, uh, well, one for wana to grow because let's face it, half these That's people exactly because right. their That's their exactly uh, right. kids are in Awana. Um, for Specifically for us, for the for the people on the panel, is pray for our, for our curiosity to be kindled. Yeah, uh, if you want to be interesting, be curious. Amen. Um, yeah. Interesting topics come from curiosity pursued. Um, freedom to explore that. Time, time is the. Is the element there, mm-hmm. being able to, free to pursue interest in some um, topic or some area of interest, uh, you know, how something how to, uh, something like that, or, or and then the opportunities to learn. That's also time and resources involved in that. So, Ryan, public
3: relations is a tough one because you're not really dealing too much with the public. Uh, typically, when like a company has public relations it's more damage control than anything else. So I feel like it's kind of hard to apply that to this one because we don't really... I know we shy away from saying too much that's going to be controversial, but if we do say something that's true and controversial, we're not going to shy away from it. Right, correct. So it's kind of a tough one to do because everything I can think of kind of falls under promotion more than public relations. Right, right, right,
2: right. But I
3: I guess making it appealing, um, advertising, whether it be online or just... Uh, by word of mouth, that there's something to listen to throughout your week. I'm having trouble coming up with the third one, but th- no, th- that would be the biggest part of
2: it.
0: Yeah, very good. I don't have three things.
2: Just give me what you got. Uh,
0: but promotional, I, I, so I, I had a, a great plan at the beginning of this year to have Facebook posts Every Friday night and every Tuesday night, uh, and so they you just stopped. need to do what you. I originally need to do what I like. originally planned. <laughs> uh, so those are <laughs> things like I, I do definitely want to involve more um, online audience. Um, I would really like to see if we can get it on Spotify and it may already be, but I think it's just on Facebook and on iTunes right now. Um, some way to interact with the audience. And a lot of that has to do, like I say, I say even in my intro and in outro, even though I don't post them, if you interact with the Facebook posts, it will help us a lot. Right. Even with the public relations. Cause like from my perspective, I was thinking how do we get more of the public related to us? You mm-hmm. know, like how do we get that interaction? Um, through the summer, you've mentioned maybe doing some shows through the summer. I think that would be okay. But I think even, um, I like, there's some programs on our computer at home that I would really like to, like, put together. I wanted to, like, get snapshots of the, like, hot takes off of some of our shows and then, like, post them. I like it. Whether it be video or mm-hmm. anything like that, I think. I think again, it's just more of getting the word like out, a, whether that be through some, like one best of the socials. Of? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. The best of Ben Kingston and no, BRH twenty twenty three.
2: Just BRH. But
0: but you can't just do BRH. Eventually, you have to break it down uh, if you're okay. going to have molt, like a lot of content. I see. I'm in charge of that. There's no doubt.
2: <laughs> you go, girl. So uh, something that in, in course. Oh, well, okay, go and ahead. I want
0: to record. Like next year, I would really like to use. You know, you asked, "What are we going to do next?" Because this year we got the mics. Next year, I would really like to get a video recorder and, and oh, okay, and, video and record uh, right, them right, right. and actually have a video to go with, and maybe start on YouTube or Rumble wherever we can go. Right. Um, someone says a mobile microphone to folks in church so that yeah. our audience yeah. can be heard as well. Can I have a
2: Donahue?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> now.
2: So one thing Rachel? too, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, w- text in, would you wear promotional stuff if we had it? Made a t-shirt. Would you wear a t-shirt? Would you wear a hat? Things of that nature.
3: One other public relations thing that might work too would maybe be like a comment section on Facebook. Yeah. If you're trying to encourage people to interact on Facebook, then having their interactions become part of the show right. and not just be commenting on something that happened last week right. might, uh, might help too. Live stream? But
0: then, yeah, I was like, that's a live stream. So then we would have to make sure that we are... Well,
3: what I'm saying is, like, when it, on Friday, when the show comes out, you can comment on it throughout the week, and then we review those comments <gasps> in the next oh, show. Oh, I see what
0: you're saying. Yeah. yeah.
3: Be an idea. Like and that. then that might take up some of the, the breaks, too. We could sure. get, you know, viewer comments, sure. and we can
2: right. interact with those that way. All right. I like it. Yeah. All right. Good deal. There you go.
0: Um, I did have someone say that Jeff Foxworthy has things on YouTube... Um, about helping the homeless and at church groups yeah. and about a living God. So Jeff Foxworthy is a u- YouTuber yeah, you can look at. Okay, so. Are talking about the redneck Jeff Foxworthy? Yeah. yeah.
3: Foxworthy. Is there another one? <laughs> <I'm>
0: <laughs> well, I, I, you know, just and had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Okay, so the precarious moment chapters. We're not um, going to do just a minute? No, because you took all the time we away. We took
1: more than just a minute.
0: Yeah, you did. We can try it next week. I was honestly really scared about your guys' topics, <laughs> so I'm kind of happy we're moving on. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about <laughs> the state really of the church. Yeah, I was too. So are, so are we Are we going to do just a minute? Let's and we'll do per- just a minute. We'll we, do precarious we moment We've got plenty of time left, so to we'll do have precarious to, moment. Okay, well, I can
2: sum it up in three minutes.
0: <laughs> I bet you could. Most <laughs> of it, it, we have gotten to the end. We are at the end talking about the state of the church, so... We'll finish that next week. <laughs> I'm so scared. Okay, so for just a minute, we have four topics. The, the The instructions of this game is that a person will pick someone to go first. The wheel will turn. They'll get their topic of discussion, and they have to speak for a whole minute about that topic without repeating, stopping, or using vocal fills. And on, when we did this last time, I remember everyone being really good at it, so I'm going to try to be as harsh as I can with the rules but and listening to your it. vocal They don't film.
2: necessarily get their topic. <coughs> no, right. no.
0: So it could be random. So, like, you, uh, you sent in a topic and you could get a completely different one. Right. You could end up getting your topic right. as well.
2: Go for it.
0: All right. So, Brad, I think I had a wheel. I had two tabs pulled up. One of them was the names. One of them was the topics. So our topics, I can go ahead and say, is the last 24 hours of a hatching egg pulling a tooth... Uh, The uh, something of a flux capacitor and write a song of a biblical character. Ooh. We probably should have picked (laughs) two. (laughs) Now we
3: go to the other wheel.
0: Well, Dad, why don't you talk about that one? Pulling a tooth? Yeah, for a whole minute. All right. Ready? Set? Go.
2: So, first of all, I want to bring up the fact, sir, that you've already got (laughs) three holes in your upper plate. So I'm not sure that pulling this tooth is the best option. Now, if we do pull the tooth, we can replace it with a $3,000 implant. If you can't do that, then we can pull all of them and replace it for $1,500. You just need to work through this. But if none of that is an option to you, then we're just going to go ahead and deaden it here. And when, once we deaden it, we're going to put uh, this very strong tensile wire to the tooth. I'm going to attach it to the strongest weight door that we have, and I'm going to slam it vigorously. After that, we've got an ambulance on standby. If something goes wrong, we'll we'll work you through it. It's all good. I just need you to sign this waiver.
0: Wait, forty seconds. Oh, 40 seconds. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's, That's it's oh there you
0: go. Okay. Well, we got forty <laughs> seconds on pulling the tooth. Very good. Okay. Uh-huh. Um. D- uh. Who's gonna go next, Uncle Gavin or Ryan?
1: Oh, I want to hear the flux pastor. Y- yeah, I want Ryan. You want Ryan? <laughs>
0: oh, well, then that... Okay, well, that, Ryan can just do the flux capacitor one when it is... I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be this one. There you go, Ryan. You get to go then next. Go. Okay, ready? All right. <laughs> Set,
3: go. So really, a flux capacitor is super simple. Everyone thinks it's complicated, but it's really simple. You can see the three bars of light, and that's the photons interrupting with the capacitance of the flux capacitor. You have the flux in between the dimensions between time and space. So... You just have to cause the flux to reach the right arc, and I was going to try to come up with a whole bunch of nonsense, but I can't come up with anything.
2: Okay, I'll
0: give you 22 seconds.
2: (laughs) Did I go longer than him?
0: Well, I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry. I was going to be super sarcastic. You were 40 seconds. He was 22 seconds. Oh, I got you. Do the math. Um, math. (laughs) Well, you know I can. I know, but that should be easy. It should be.
2: Uh, so, if you haven't seen the YouTube of the flux capacitor, you need to watch that. I should have uh, watched didn't that. Know that I, was such a I thing. didn't
1: know either. That, that, you're kidding no, me! I, I knew the flux capacitor was associated with a movie, right? Back to the Future. Okay, so it, that, that's what I thought he was talking about. The it is, flux yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: I had no idea. I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't know. And then you mentioned Back to the Future. I was like, I don't know that either. What did the bananas have to do with anything?
1: So the flux capacitor, because he goes into the future, yeah. he learns how to do uh, fusion. fusion, and he can just use any piece of garbage to it. So he's putting a banana Randy, in you know it. what I'm talking about, don't you? Oh,
0: okay.
2: No <laughs> flux capacitor. How it works.
0: There's a flux capacitor <laughs> at O'Reilly's? <laughs> we might
3: just need to
2: move on.
0: <laughs> they sell one at O'Reilly's if you price. want a flux capacitor.
2: So, so anyway, go ahead. While I'm Okay,
0: so the next one that pulled up was um, the last 24 hours of a hatching egg. Would you like to tackle this one, oh, Uncle I Gaffin? would
1: love to tackle this one. Okay,
0: ready, set, go.
1: So the a- one of the greatest evidences of creation design is in an egg that is incubating... For 21 days, I believe. Yeah. And the, sorry.
0: No, you're good. Keep going. Can can I phone a friend? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) I was the only reason is like Dad was talking during your minute, and it wasn't a big deal. Okay. Now go. I stopped it. So,
1: So, as the chick grows, of course, it becomes crowded, and it uses some of the air from inside of the egg in the air sac. But as it gets bigger and it exhausts that air, it has a tooth that develops on the end of its beak. And the tooth will start to scratch at the shell of the egg. Now, lo and behold, the egg, you might not know this. You probably do when you put it in boiling water that the gas starts to come out of that egg because it gets hot. But you don't but do that before you put it in the incubator. No, no, no. You don't, want to, you, you don't want to cook the baby. You don't want to cook the chick. Just, just saying. So you, this chick, these little pores are cone-shaped with the wide part of the cone on the outside surface of the egg. So as the chick gets bigger and requires more oxygen and it scratches the away the inside of the egg, the holes become bigger. That's amazing. So as they require more oxygen, they can get more oxygen by scratching the inside of the egg with that tooth. Now, another thing that's really important is you don't intervene when the chick is trying to get out of the egg there's something really important about blood supply and circulation that, re- that they require that struggle to get it started. It's a, lot of, it, it's a real good metaphor for life. If you don't struggle and you don't try, you don't try to stretch your uh, horizons, you, you're probably going to be very small, weak, and maybe not even, even survive. So this chick has to go through the struggling process to basically get its blood circulation started and to be a healthy young chick.
0: Well, one minute and 52 seconds. Very
1: good. Ryan, yeah. Made up for me and Dan I, I decided back. not to <laughs> stop.
0: I was just like, he's, he's going. His flow's good. All right, um, let's move on.
1: <laughs> Molly.
0: <laughs> okay, so my, I ended up, since Ryan got his, I got mine, which was to write a story. But I, So I had two. Can I use the one that I actually had? Sure. So the one that I actually had on my notes was FOMO. Is it real or not?
3: FOMO. Fear of missing out, it's an acronym. Mm
0: Yep, I'm going to start now. Is FOMO real or not? I do not believe it is real. I think it is pride. When you think that you are so important that you should not miss out on anything happening in other people's lives, then you, like I said, are prideful. FOMO is just a symptom of pride. We at the Kingston household have really drilled in that if you are not at home, we can still do fun things. Just because you're not at home doesn't mean we just have to sit on the couch and not do anything, and you get to enjoy everything we get to do. And that just is not life. That's not true. Everyone is going to do their own things, and sometimes you're going to be a part of that, and sometimes you're not going to be a part of that. Also, I think it's just a... Um, and then I stopped. Okay, 43 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so Uncle I Gavin don't.
1: wins. <laughs> Good job, Gavin. Wind bag. windbag. Got that down. So, so Randy, so there,
2: there. It's not the flux capacitor because I couldn't find it, but there is a video about something, you, the retro encabulator. <laughs> You've got to watch that. It is hilarious. Uh, okay,
0: sorry. All right, beautiful. <laughs> that was a good game. That was a very good game. Um, speaking of BRH in the future. <coughs> if you have a game, a break game that you would like to suggest, please text me or comment or message to the Bethel Facebook because um, I will see those as well and uh, give us ideas that you might want us to do. Talk about whatever because um, those are things that I would like to incorporate different and in more things. We're gonna go ahead and just go. Well.
2: We got five. We minutes. got five
0: minutes. What do we want to say about the chapters in this precarious so, moment? So
2: this is where he's getting into the, uh, you know, let the church be the church, the, if you will, the mess that we are in as a church. And I read these three. Of course, I've read through this book a, a few times in the last six to eight months. We've done it in five thirty and such of that nature. But this is, I, I mean, I agree. I I will say this, that I struggle, you know, Molly knows this. On 99.1, inevitably there will be a song about how how much the church is struggling. I I don't personally like that. I don't think that's a good thing to beat up the Church of Christ on a national radio, you know, airwaves and such. I, I don't see what they're doing here, though, on the same level. What they're trying to do, because, you know, this book is about the precarious moments that we are in. And as a body uh, and bodies of Christ throughout our nation, we are at a very precarious moment. Why? Because too many of our pastors will not speak specifically to the social ills of our day. Too many of our folks in our churches are not properly discipled. Too many of our churches are not growing, so on and so forth. And so these are all things that I believe that individual churches have to work with. They have to sit down and and pray through and answer the questions, are are we struggling with this? Does this apply to us and the such? Um, You know, we've talked about here that uh, within the Merrimack Association, there are several churches that if God doesn't intervene or they come to God saying, we need you to intervene, they're not going to survive the next 10 years type thing. And so there's a a resource out there called um, An Autopsy of a Deceased Church. It's very good. It's a good read for any member. It's a good read for any pastor, any church. Uh, And it deals with a lot of the things that this, you know, section of this book is dealing with.
0: That's Um, kind of my summary. Right. And so they talk about what happened to biblical Christianity in America um, and just how, as a country— Christianity has fallen by the wayside or have been outright rejected right. and some of the areas that they point out the same indicators that heralded the fall of other great nations are now present all around us and those indicators are a moral compass um, how America has lost its moral boundaries and sexual limits are rapidly disappearing um, innocent blood that sadly murder abounds in America today whether it is taking babies lives in the womb young men and gangs killing each other or innocent bystanders, or extinguishing the elderly and handicapped through um, euthanasia. Then also education, America spends more on education than nearly any other nation in the world, yet today 19% of high schooler graduates are illiterate after 12 years of school, and an average approaching $140,000 spent per student. One of five graduates can't read. Um, And then also debt, each American pays an average of 15, plus over $15,000 per person in taxes each year. And then it breaks down a lot more of the numbers. I'm not going to go through that because I'm illiterate in numbers. And then you have proud decadence. When a nation loses its conscious conscience, its sensitivities become calloused, and its threshold of embarrassment largely disappears. So those are the, the areas that show that America as a country is um, downward spiraling. And it's because of the de-Christianizing de-Christian, of American public life and the open rejection of our historic biblical foundations.
2: One of the things he brought out too is that George Barna is a very effective pollster and specifically in the area of Christian matters. He himself is a born-again evangelical, attends an evangelical church, so he does a lot of polling (coughs) with churches, and he draws the line with truth. So if someone says that they are evangelical but they do not believe in the inspiration – uh, or the inherency, sorry, of God's word? He 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 says no, they're not evangelical, you know, and so he puts their information where it belongs, he if you will. Categorizes right. by
0: their answers Correct. instead of what they tell her. Correct. And
2: so, uh, one of the things, two uh, two hundred eighteen, he says ninety percent of pastors agree uh, that we need to speak on these things, but ninety percent of pastors won 't mm. talk about these things because you know they 're afraid to lose their job or whatever the case may be
0: well and they, they talk about how when millennials and others describe like the the pastors don 't want to become irrelevant right. but when millennials and others describe churches as irrelevant they 're not talking about styles of music and dress code as much as they are attacking the focal point of church services or the teaching and they brought out that um, on that most Christians in their services they want to They want the pastors or the people to talk about abortion, religious persecution and liberty, poverty, cultural restoration, sexual identity and same-sex marriage, Israel, Christian heritage of America, the proper role of government, bioethics, self-government. The church and politics, Islam, the media, senior citizens, and end-of-life issues. And all of those were 70% or higher of the congregation want to hear those things talked about in church. And those are hot-button issues where you almost never hear. Right. Like, I'm not necessarily saying here, but sure. as, a, as a nation as a whole. Sure.
2: Well, one of the things uh, that he says uh, follow, to follow that up, how do you measure success in a church? and again if we're not careful we measure success by physical and fiscal standards so if the offerings are up if the noses are up you know that that's so attendance attendance is good we we think we're a success in reality success is transformed lives yeah. which is what we pray for every sunday morning and and i believe we're seeing that you know um, and I, I will say this that you know, the, the scripture is very clear. We will see a falling away, and, and not so much in this church, but, but we're seeing that as Well, we nation. already
0: are, right? They talk right. about how even though we have a lot more megachurches now, if you, like with the polls, if you ask those people what they truly believe, uh, most of them don't believe in God or right. Jesus is the only way. There's right. There's just a lot of things that they don't line up biblically with. Right.
1: And yet you see probably the highest rate of mental illness we've ever seen in our country. I'm talk, not talking about numbers. I'm talking about rate. Right. Uh, so the percentage of Americans who are struggling with mental illness or, for, or with some other struggle, emotional struggle, is higher than ever. What the church offers is an alternative. We're, right. we're, instead of your instant gratification of your basis desires, we're offering a, a heritage, uh, a way to live that's noble, a, way, a standard of living that improves your life and the lives of those around you it's so meaningful and gratifying Uh, we just have to make sure that we 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 live it Mm -hmm. and i don't know about advertise it but at least make that the offer right the the offer is something better deeper more meaningful and a purpose for your life Uh, that's part of what our our agenda should be is for to help you find out why god put you here Uh, and and to live that life that would be your best life
0: very good. Do you have any words of wisdom for us, Uncle Gavin?
1: I do. I had one, but then I found this free book in the back that somebody left on the table. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It had a much better uh, word of wisdom than mine. It's Mark Twain. It says, "Sin takes on a new and re- sin takes on new and real terrors when there seems a chance that it is going to be found out. Huh. Found out. Found out. Sin takes on new and real terrors when it, there seems a chance that it is going to be found out. Very good." Very good.
0: All right, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives to next week and share the word on your socials. Good night, and God bless us. The last one next week.